We are excited that you could join us for our latest podcast episode. As a believer, we have an identity in Christ, which will lead us to make spiritual impact in our communities. Now let's go listen to Pastor DJ as he unpacks his thought with a message entitled, Your Anointed Identity. Praying about the service, amen, and the Lord just, you ever like when the Lord drops something in your spirit, it's real simple, but it comes at a moment to you that it's real profound, amen, something you've heard all your life, something you know, amen, y'all keep praying, amen, don't you, we'll do like the old ways, pray while I preach, come on somebody, amen, hallelujah. Let me tell you, amen, I was praying this week, though, the Lord dropped in my spirit. He said, the enemy will fight the hardest right before I give a breakthrough, amen. And I don't know about y'all, we all have rough weeks, amen, no matter what it is, jobs, different struggles, amen. And I know some folks in here has got some health issues and things going on, and I know Corona is running wild around people's families, but I believe, amen, that we are on the verge of a breakthrough in the anointing of the Holy Ghost. Amen. I'm not talking about anything new. Amen. I'm talking about him just releasing his anointing on his people. Hallelujah. And you can see all the strife and the trouble. Amen. But what I've learned in the word of God. When everything started to look real dim and real dark. That's when he would send his anointing to his people. And he would strengthen them. Amen. So I'm not looking. Amen. At the dark days. I'm looking on beyond what I can see. Amen. And I'm looking to the heavens because I know he's preparing our victory. Amen. Come on, somebody. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. If you was here New Year's Eve, amen, or if you heard the sermon on Facebook, we talked about pursuing in 2021. Amen. We've had different sermons that, that went along with coming out of the cave and being ready and, and, and how we get our prayer priorities in order. Amen. God is trying to teach his people and put us in a position that he can bless us. Can you say amen? These messages don't happen by choice. Amen. Bless us. Can you say amen? These messages don't happen by choice. Amen. I don't sit at home and look my messages up on the internet. Come on, somebody. There's a lot of pastors that do. I don't. I open the word of God. And I say, you lead me, sister. I know that's what you do. Amen. Brian, I know that's what you do. Amen. Or at least I hope so. No, I'm just kidding. Amen. Come on, somebody. Had to light it up a little bit this morning. Amen. But hallelujah. But when we begin to seek the face of God, amen, he will deliver a word to us where we are. Can you say amen? And I believe he's telling his church, it's time that you get ready and you become what I told you to be. I want you to pursue after me and I want you to put me first. And I want to preach just for a little bit to you this morning about your anointed identity. Amen. There is a, you are somebody in God. Somebody say I. Come on, somebody say I. And somebody, in somebody, in God. Say it like you believe it. Say I, and somebody, in God. Long before you knew your mama and daddy, long before you knew your name, God created you with a purpose and a call, and he created you to do a work for him. And it may not be the same as mine, it may not be the same as Brian's. But what you got to do is put yourself in a position so he can reveal who he wants you to be. There's a lot of God's people that say, I want to do this. But ain't nobody trying to put themselves in position to say, Lord, reveal to me who you want me to be. Come on, somebody. 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 Come on,
us who we are. We have to be in a place to hear him. Can you say amen? Hallelujah. I'm excited this morning. I think you guys can probably tell by now. But I feel the anointing of the Holy Ghost in here. Hallelujah. I believe God has a word for us this morning. And I've said it many times already in 2021. And I'm glad Ryan's quick to catch on my little sayings and puts them on Facebook. But I believe that it's a year of revival, restoration, and renewal. I believe that with everything in me. I'm not saying that to get hand claps. I'm not saying that, amen, to make you want to shout. I'm just simply telling you if you need revived, if you need renewed or restored, this is your time. Amen. I want somebody. Amen. So many times that we look for God to do all the work and to just come down and touch us and all this. But we often forget there's things that we have to do. We have to prepare ourselves to be in a place to hear him. We have to show him that we're listening. We have to show him that we're ready. Amen. And there's times I believe, Brother Russ, that he sits on his house saying, God, where are you? And he's saying, if you would just get in the place where you could hear me, I would talk to you, and I would run to you, and I would deliver you. But we have selective hearing. We want to hear from God what we want to hear from God. We don't hear when he says, give it all up and lay yourself on the altar and pray after me. Don't hear that. We hear, lay your hands on me, Lord, and I'll get everything I need in one trip. Come on, somebody. God is trying to anoint his people in this day. I can't preach to the church out of Rome, but God gave me all. And I'm thankful for that this morning. So all I can do is tell you and tell me, let's get ready. Let's get in that place, in that position, where we can hear from heaven. I'm tired of hearing from man. Can you say amen? You can turn on TV and you can turn on this morning. We can hear from heaven. I'm tired of hearing from man. Can you say amen? You can turn on TV and you can turn on some, my grandpa, and then my, 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 my uncle's here this morning. I'm thankful he's here. But his daddy, amen. Hallelujah. I remember he used to say, Uncle Darrell, he used to say, some of those old preachers ain't nothing but wind preachers. Come on, somebody. He said, there ain't no anointing behind them. They're talking just to hear themselves talk. And I didn't understand that as a kid, Sister Donna. And I said, what do you mean, Grandpa? He said, son, they're just giving those people something to tickle their ears. He said, they need something that'll change their soul. I'm here to tell you, God has a word for you. Amen. He's got a word for you. And no matter what's going on in your life, don't you let it hinder you from getting to the place where God is. There's some folks that says, well, maybe I'm too old for this. Maybe I should have done this when I was younger. We're about to read about a man that spent a long time in his life, his life trying to be different things until he got in a position to hear from God. If you got your Bibles, go with me to Exodus chapter 2. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. real careful in this life, especially now, with technology. You can see bad news on your phone, on your TV, computers. We're one click away from reading something depressing. Can you say amen? we got to be real careful how we guard ourselves and what we do and what we allow in from the world. 
Amen. Because you be real careful. You watch the news long enough, you'll be down and dreary. Come on, somebody. But we know the world's coming to an end. The book teaches us that. But in Matthew 24, he said, but lift up your head. Go ahead. Your redemption draws. Now, somehow we miss that a lot of times. But I had a good friend of mine at, at my job. He does the same thing I do. He's done it for 19 years. And one of the best pieces of advice he ever gave me, sometimes my job, my job can be very demanding. Sometimes I have to work 7, 8 o'clock at night. You know, it's not woe with me, I'm just saying. It's not, you got to be real careful not to let the job consume you. Especially since you work at home now. It's easy just to spend all that time working. But he said something to me when I started thinking about it. He said, don't let this job become your identity. He said, because if you do it, it just destroys you. You'll get tired, your family won't love you, you can sit on their nerves and all this stuff. And I thought about that with the word. If we let too much of the world in, we'll lose our identity. Come on, somebody. And there's a lot of churches that's lost their identity. A lot of things that I don't agree with the Pentecostal doctrine, amen, of what they preach. I believe it's man-made, amen. I'm not here to preach doctrine to you, but I'm here to preach there is a true anointed word of God. And there is a true power of the Holy Ghost that wants to get inside of you and bless your life and anoint you if you allow him to lead you. Amen. Now listen, we many of us know the story of Moses, but I'm going to give you a little backdrop. That we know that Moses was supposed to be killed when he was born. You know this. But his mother hid him for as long as she could. And when she got to the place, she couldn't hide him any longer. She put him in the basket, amen, and she's sitting down the river, and he went right into the house of Pharaoh. Pharaoh's daughter came out, and when she found baby Moses, she threw him out in the water. That little baby didn't know who he was. Can you say amen in the churches for this? He didn't know who he was. He was just a baby. He was just a baby. So the next thing they do when they draw him out of the water, they raise him in the house of Pharaoh. He spends a lot of years of his life his childhood, early adulthood, I don't know how old he was, thinking he was an Egyptian. He was dressed like an Egyptian. He would walk like them. He would talk like them. He thought he was an Egyptian. Amen. Anybody ever try to be something you're not? Amen. Anybody ever hang with the wrong crowd? You just try to fit in? Amen. Hallelujah. I got to tell you a quick story about that. It's funny. Years ago when I had my first motorcycle, we had a neighbor of ours that despised me and Jamie for some reason. I don't know. We didn't do anything. But she hated us. Always tried to start trouble. And I remember we would ride them and she hated that we had a motorcycle. We didn't even have miles. But I remember one day, they would always try to start trouble in the neighborhood. One day I was coming down Holt Road on the neighborhood. One day I was coming down Holt Road, Jackie and Jamie, by ourselves. And right at Minnesota, somehow, we started to leave a path a real biker truck. <laughs> we stopped and they waved us through. Had to be before Minnesota. But anyway, they waved us through. And so the next thing I know, they follow and they get right behind us. And we get, y'all know where Holt Road and uh, St. Joe's is? So right there at that intersection here. And I'm first in line. <laughs> and there's a club behind me. Now I'm thinking it's pretty cool. <laughs> but I really know what they're involved in. I don't want to be a part of it. I'm more of a 
But about that time, just across the road, I remember we seen our neighbors at that other side of that stoplight shelf. They come driving through, and the whole time they're doing this. And they pass us. We never had any more problems out of that. They were pretty, pretty sure I was supposed to fight the same thing. I just let them believe it. Amen. But for that split second, I thought I was pretty cool. So I was like, maybe I am one of these boys. And I turned around and was like, no, I don't think I am. <laughs> I think I said, I'm going to take a right turn right here and get out of this path. But it's easy to get caught up and be the wrong identity. Come on, somebody. You ever been at work and you hear somebody say some stuff that you don't use a story that you know you shouldn't be listening to? And you're like, ha ha, yeah, that's hilarious. And then you start walking back somewhere else and you see it towards you. Says, hold on, what are you doing? Anybody else been there? Maybe it's just me. I said, Lord, that's that's not my identity. That's not who I am. I, I shouldn't be talking to people like that. But I believe this that we're living in a time right now that is so crucial. You remember in the scripture when Jesus went to the garden and he prayed and he told his disciples, he said, I just need and I believe we're living in that same time right now. I believe the Lord is saying, church, I need you to wake up and pray a little bit because I'm, the, I'm coming back and it's real close. Amen. But there's a lot of churches that's dead and asleep. They don't want to offend anybody. I'm not here to offend you this morning, but I am here to preach the gospel to you. And if it offends you, let it offend you. Amen. Because I'm here to tell you, once you let the word of God offend you and change you, you'll be a better person for it. Because I know it makes me a better person this morning. So here's Moses raised as an Egyptian. Walking like an Egyptian, talking like one, knowing all their traditions. And then one day, he sees the Egyptians beating on the Hebrews. And something rose up in him. And he got angry. He didn't even know. said that he killed that Egyptian and he buried him in the sand. So I want you to remember this this morning. Unless time, next time you say to yourself, God, you can't use me because I've done this, I don't think there's any of you in here that's committed murder. Moses committed murder and buried him in the sand. And the Bible says that Pharaoh wanted to kill him. And when Moses heard this, that he ran away. And he found himself in the land of Midian. Now you got to understand this. The lineage of Midian was from Abraham. Y'all got to remember that. God made a promise to who? To Abraham. And to any seed that came out of Abraham, God would bless. So here's Moses thinking he's an Egyptian and he runs as far as he can run. And he finds a well and he sits down run. And he finds a well and he sits down by this well, probably no doubt, sisters, I'm thinking, what am I going to do now? I can't go back home. I can't go back to what I used to be. And then all of a sudden, there were seven women that came to the well to draw water. He didn't know, but they were the daughters of a priest. Amen. And he sat there and they began to draw water. And all of a sudden, these shepherds came up and they started trying to run these women out. And Moses stood up like a good man would and he defended those women. And he helped them get all the water they need. And when they got back home, amen, their father, the priest, said, what are you doing back so soon? How did you get all the water that fast? And I want you to catch this. 
that look the part. That look the part. A lot of deacons, a lot of worship leaders, amen. But the Bible teaches us there are people out there that they have the form, but they do what? Deny the power. There's a lot of folks that like to look like they belong to God, but there's not a whole lot of folks that want to live for God. So she said, an Egyptian woman, because she looked the part of that. And the father said, why don't you bring him to us? We'll give him something to eat. And what is done? And through that time, amen, the priest gave Moses a wife. But I want you to understand this. Through this struggle, while they welcomed him in, Moses knew he was a stranger. He was still trying to find himself. Because when he named him son, his son's name means because I'm a stranger in a strange land. So while everybody like, hey, we got this guy, he's part of the family now. On the inside of Moses, he knew that he was not an Egyptian. But he also knew that he was a stranger. And he was still trying to figure out where he belonged and who he really was. There's a lot of people that say, Pop, I need you to show me this and that. I'm here to tell you this morning, amen. If you'll get sincere with God and say, God, show me, amen. I promise you, he will show you, amen. It is not a mystery. He will not leave you in a state of confusion. The Bible says, amen, he is not the author of confusion. But sometimes, especially a Pentecostal folk, we like a preacher to lay hands on us. And we want a prophet to speak a word over us. But I'm here to tell you, sometimes God wants you to lay your hands on yourself. Amen. And declare your own word. He won't give me a word for you that he won't reveal to you yourself. Declare your own word. He won't give me a word for you that he won't reveal to you yourself. There'll be no mystery. Brother Eden, I won't come to you and say, well, God showed me this about you. And you look at me confused because that's not God. That's just not God. God is looking for you to get in that place. So you got to understand this battle that Moses is having. He knows he's a stranger in a strange land. So much that he names his son. So as it come to pass, in the process of time, Pharaoh would die. And finally, the children of Israel, this ain't about, we're not going to preach all that. But just to give you the story of what happens, the reason of what happens, the reason it happens. The children of Israel begin to pray to God, deliver us from this. Because the children of Israel had a promise not to be slaves. They had their own land. Amen. And too often, we are like the children of Israel and we forget those promises. We were talking this week, Russ, to the kids when we were talking about Israel. About how in Israel they'll grow. You know, you see it on the, the diamonds and people from here will go to Israel to buy diamonds. What's always amazed me is that right in the middle of the desert, they grow their own food. They got everything they need because God prepared for them. It's their promised land. And to this day, they still try to take it from them time and time again. So let that be a lesson. Let me tell you something. The enemy will never try to fight you. 
because you're walking with God and you know who you are in God, you'll always come out victorious. Always. It may not be the victory you want. You may not go the way you want it. You may not understand how you get there. But I'm here to tell you, with battle scars and bruises and pains and brokenness, you will still come out of victory in the name of Jesus. So they begin to pray. And the Bible says that God heard them. And he remembered in verse 24, he said he remembered his covenant with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. He remembered that word. So where does he find himself? He finds himself waiting in the land of Midian with Moses. We're going to start in chapter 10. I'm sorry. Now, this is what I want to preach this morning. That Moses, this is Moses affirming who he was in God. You've got to understand, Moses spent 40 years in Midian. 40 years. And that time you say we're too old to do something. Moses spent 40 years in a strange land. Not knowing why he was there. Not knowing what was going to happen next. And he still didn't know who he was. Verse 3, or chapter 3, verse 1. Now Moses kept the flock of Jethro, his father-in-law, the priest of Midian. And he led the flock to the backside, somebody say backside, of the desert. And he came to the mountain of God. Amen. And the angel of the Lord appeared unto him in a flame out of, and the angel of the Lord appeared unto him in a flame out of fire, out of the midst of a bush. And he looked, and behold, the, big, the bush burned with fire, and the bush was not consumed. Now, I don't know how Moses usually walked the way that he had his flock, but I don't know about y'all, but sometimes I like to take different ways. Amen? Sometimes I don't want to take the interstate. I shouldn't have took the interstate this morning. But we'll move on from that. Amen? I should have took a different way. Amen? Like Brother Eden did. He actually said, I'm a Raven Street. And I said, this is why he's smarter than me. Amen. Not just the fact he's an engineer. But for whatever reason, Zach, I believe this day, maybe he wanted to change the scene. But he said, I'm going to go the back side of the desert. I'm going to go a different path. But when he went this different path, I'm here to tell you, God knows what path you're on this morning. God had already prepared an angel. And he already prepared an angel. And he prepared a bush. Long before Moses made his mind up. Long before he left the house, God knew what way he was going to take. I'm here to tell you this morning, you may feel like you're in a strange land. You may be going through something that you don't understand. And you're asking God to change it. I'm here to tell you, even if you don't change it, he's still God. And as long as you trust him, you will come out in victory. Either way, you'll win this day. Come on, somebody. There's no pastor, no, well, I don't want to say old, amen, an older pastor, amen, that I know. He don't even know me, but I know him. I heard him preaching from preaching to the, uh, in Fort Wayne, Indiana. His name's Joe Simpson, a great man of God, a anointed man of God. I heard him testify one time, Tasha. He said he went to the doctor, and he said, you've got to have some kind of procedure done. Amen, you guys probably know. You probably heard Brother Tasha. Amen. And he said he had a procedure done. You probably heard this story. Amen. And he said, the doctor told him, but he, he said, 
promised me heaven. He said, either way I come out of this thing, I'm going to win. If God's people had that mindset, no matter what, on the other side of this thing, I'm going to trust God. I'm going to walk with God. You'll come out walking in victory every time. Every time. Every time. So here's Moses. I think he's going to go a different way. He takes a different route. But on that different route, God prepared a bush. And he had an angel in it. And all of a sudden, Moses said, there's something different about that bush. It's on fire, but it ain't burning. Amen. But see, you've got to understand, that wasn't enough to convert Moses. He had to do the will of God. God put him in a place. To see. But Moses. Listen to verse 3. And Moses said. I will now turn aside. And see the great sight. Why the bush is not burning. Brother Ethan. Sometimes God is in positions in our life. Where he's working. And if we would just take time. To stop. We like to look at this story and us Pentecostal folks we call it the burning bush experience. But the experience of the burning bush was not just the only thing that converted him. Because that bush would have still been burning, Sister Donna, yeah. and he could have just kept walking. Oh, that was Sister Donna, yeah. and he could have just kept walking. Oh, that was pretty sad. And just kept on going. Went right back to the house of Jethro. And spend the rest of his life trying to figure out who he was. But when he made his mind up. And he said I'm tired of being a stranger in a strange land. I'm tired of being out here walking in circles in the desert. I want to know who I am. He said let me see what is in this bush. No matter what you're going through this morning, whether it's good, maybe you're on the mountain this morning. Maybe you're in the valley. I don't know. But whichever you're in this morning, say, Lord, show me. Show me what you're doing in my life right now. Just show me. So I can be better. I don't stand up here for y'all to preach. Just show y'all clapping. I'm here to make y'all clapping. I'm here to make myself better. Come on, somebody. Here hoping that there's something I say or some way that I live before you that encourage you to be better. Come on, somebody. Because when we get to heaven, amen. I've heard preachers say this, and I don't mean something because I'm on my way to singing. And, but I've heard preachers say that they count the number of people that got saved in their ministry and all this stuff. To me, I don't count that stuff just to God. Dad, this week, Uncle Daryl, I'm going to try to tell this real quick before I cry. And I don't know if he talked to him this week or not. But he said he had a dream Thursday night into Friday morning. And my dad, I've learned one thing about my dad. God has been giving him a lot of dreams over the last several years. I think this was one of those dreams, Sister Donna, just to encourage us as a family. Because ever since my grandma and grandpa have been gone, it's been hard for me. I know that. Hard for my. We've lost an uncle for several years. 
See what this is. Now listen to this next verse he said. Verse 4. And when the Lord saw. Somebody say the Lord saw. When the Lord saw that he turned aside the sea for him. God called unto him in the midst of the bush. And said Moses, Moses. And he said you are mine. 
when they come to him and they would follow him, he's like, you just come and see the show. Like, you just come down here and see what I'm going to do. They wasn't there seeking him. They just wanted to see what he was going to do. You'll never learn your identity until you come on church and somebody gives you your identity. you got to make up in your mind. Come out on the other side, it still may, may not make 100% sense to you. Sometimes you just got to come out and say, Lord, no matter what, I'm going to trust you. I'm going to trust you. But it said, God said, the Bible says, when God saw that Moses had positioned himself to lead the people, we can't. God is holy. Can we say amen? amen. And what's he expect us to be? Holy as we can. Holy as we can. But when God sees his people begin to turn to sin and put themselves in a position to hear him, that's when this will happen. Like I said, Moses could have walked on by. You make your mind up this morning and say, God, I'm tired of feeling like a slave. I'm tired of feeling like all these things I'm going through is just beating me down. I want to know who my identity is. I promise you, when you turn yourself to Him, He will reveal Himself to you. Himself to you. But what I like about that, God, is that all God did was say, Hey, Moses, Moses. And all of a sudden, no struggle. Well, am I an Egyptian? Am I a Midianite? Who am I? He didn't say any of those things. All he said was, here am I. Here am I. Here am I. God is not looking for you to figure it all out. He's looking for you to say, here am I. So many bushes in their life. So many circumstances that he's saying, I'm trying to talk to you. I'm trying to get your attention. I'm trying for you to hear my voice, but you just keep walking. And while you walk, you try, you keep saying, well, God, where are you? He said, I'm back here in a bush. I'm on somebody. I'm back here at this last thing I was trying to get your attention at. Just come on back to me. 
So he said, Heal him up. A few more verses. Hopefully this is all right for the Lord. He said, That's where it really gets good. Verse 5, and he said, Draw not nigh hither until I place where I'll stand upon the ground. Upon the ground. Now this is God's initial revelation to Moses about holiness. Now I know folks will get nervous when we say the word holiness. But how many knows what holiness means? It's real simple. Holiness is this. A separation from sin. Not to be sinful. Not to slip back here again. I think that's <laughs> Run in the aisles every service. I like to run in the aisles. I'll run that. I've seen that. But that's not holiness. Holiness is separating yourself from sin. Seeking after life and life to the fullest. You know what God was telling me? This is all right, God. God said, Moses, go ahead and take this is all right, God. God said, Moses, go ahead and take your shoes off. Because where you're standing right now, you'll never be the same again once you do. Somebody shout this morning. If you've ever stood in a place with God, if you've ever met Him at an altar, and you got up leaving different than when you came down, you have been on holy ground. Holy ground doesn't have to be in the middle of a desert, amen, in the, in, in a Midian, amen, in the camp of Midian. It doesn't have to be in Israel. It could be on the carpet in your bedroom. It could be holy ground. It could be right here in the community center on this carpet, amen. And wherever you need to get a hold of God, and you say, God, I'm going to separate myself from everything that is hindering me from seeing you move. At that moment, take off your shoes because God's going to show up and he's going to deliver you. Amen.
But when I need to get to a place to hear from God, you won't see me cold, nobody. You won't see me cold, I will trust. I won't somebody. When I need to get a place in my life, I'll find a place in my life. Lord, I'll separate myself from whatever is given me right now so I can hear from heaven. If we do that, we're a new church. God will send those flooding into the world. They may not stay. Maybe they'll find another church. Maybe close to home. Maybe they got nothing to do with us here. But what I'm telling you is he'll send them to you. So they can find their place. Let us be that. Come on, somebody. Send them to us, God, so they can hear you. Come on. Kick off your shoes, don't you? Never going to be the same again. See, the moment those shoes left his feet, Moses was no longer the son-in-law to Jethro. It was no. It was no longer the adopted son of Pharaoh. Come on. He was a servant of God. He spent 60 plus years in his life trying to figure out who he was. And the moment he kicked off one shoe, he said, that was for Jethro, and this one over here, amen. This is going to be for Pharaoh, amen. And who I am now is God. It's who I'm going to be, amen. God, St. Moses, you will always be a But the moment he made the decision to say, Lord, I'm going to turn it all over to you. God said, you don't have to worry. You're not in any way. You're not in any way. Uncle Darrell, I wish I think about Grandpa all the time. And I wish that he would see me at 30 o'clock. But we can't do it if we are not walking and according to his word and his will for us. Let's get off those shoes. We as preachers of this church, we are quick to condemn certain sins. Comfortable because we've never experienced it. But when we start talking about the 
looking for a church to get back to the works of God. That's the only way we're going to see life's life change. Life's change. Have you ever followed preach on TV and then let you down? Well, we can't put our trying to get the attention of somebody. What you've got to understand is don't confuse what Moses was in his life with sin. At no point did I read that Moses wasn't saved. I mean, in those years after he'd been murdered, he couldn't admit it. I don't know. But God just said, Moses, I believe God is calling out to people that say, I'm just saying God's trying to get your attention. He's trying to take you to a deeper walk with him. To a place of understanding what he wants to do in your life. I've got a few more verses. Some reading here. Verse 6 says, Moreover, he said, God said to Abraham, Moses, he said, I am the God of thy father and the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, the God of Jacob. Moses hid his face, for he was afraid to look upon him. See, that's what we do. God begins to move in our lives, us. We see God start to work things out and trying to change us, and we try to hide. I don't know if y'all have done that. Maybe that's just me. <laughs> try to hide. Verse 7, he said, And the Lord said, I've surely seen the affliction of my people, which are in Egypt. And have heard their cry by reason of their taskmasters. For I know their sorrows. And I've come down to deliver them out of the hand of the Egyptians to bring them out of the land into a good land. Into a large, into a land flowing with milk and honey. Verse 9, he said, And now therefore, behold, the cry of the children of Israel is come unto me, and I have also seen their oppression, wherewith the Egyptians oppressed them. I'm here to tell you this morning, God sees the results of your sin. Verse 10, he now, therefore, and I will send thee unto Pharaoh, that thou may bring forth my people, the children of Israel, out of Egypt. And Moses said unto God, Who am I, that I should go unto Pharaoh, that I should bring forth the children of Israel out of Egypt? Who am I? So many times God was trying to do a new work in 
they want to do is seek death. No doubt, Moses is probably thinking, no, I need to find this. Don't show me my sin hand back there and bury it in the sand. Stop me. Because I believe. God's looking down, I believe, from his throne that they were up. So many times we have been oppressed with sin. And we're focusing on the oppression. Yeah. I don't want to live a defeated life, y'all. And I don't want you to live a defeated life. But listen, he said, but who am I? I would like to think that if God spoke to me from a bush, bush, that I wouldn't question him anymore. I would like to think that. I can't guarantee it. But wouldn't you like to think that? Here's Moses talking to a burning bush. Hearing the voice of God. And God saying, I've called you. Go do this. And Moses said, but who am I? So many of God's people talking himself out of sin. But listen. He said, certainly I will be with thee and give you more mercy. And this shall be a token unto thee that I have sent thee. When thou hast brought forth the people out of Egypt, he shall serve God upon the mountain. Upon these mountains. Moses said unto God, Behold, when I come to the children of Israel, and shall say to them, The God of your fathers has sent me. And they say to me, What is his name? What should I tell them? God said unto Moses, I am that I am. And he said, Thus shall say to the children of Israel, I am. what you're facing this morning. Maybe God's not called you to lead a whole nation out of bondage. Maybe he has. He wants you to know one thing. Who you are. And not only who you are in him, who he is in you. When Moses figured out that God wanted to use him, he said, do I tell them? And he said, you tell them I am. That should be enough for us. The next time the enemy comes against you, he tries to discourage you, he tries to break you, and he tries to keep you from going to the next place in your life that God has, and he says, well, who do you think you are? Why do you think you deserve God's grace? He said, I don't know about you. That's how the enemy speaks to me. He'll whisper right in my ear, Sister God, and he'll say, who are you do you think you deserve the blessings of God? Who are you do you think you deserve to walk in his anointing and fill his spirit? Who are you? I say, I don't know, amen. I know that I'm not worthy, but I know this. I am lives in me. And as long as he lives in me, everything's going to be all right. I'm going to tell you this morning. God has a place and a purpose for your life. Maybe you're not the preacher. You're not a singer. That's all right. There was a sister who went to church when she had a she sung just a couple times throughout my whole life that I remember. And she was an adult. Sister Martha Miller wouldn't be having a moment's dead to ride up to service or ever was. And that Sister Martha would get up in the back of the church on Christmas night and say, and she'd start her hands and she'd go like this. Sister Donna, I want that happen. I don't know 
she would run the church out. And every time she got up, the anointing would break. People would go to the altar and people would cry. She was praying. But she she had a saying that I always liked. She said, I know in my knowing. things happen in Christian families. But this much I do know this. As long as you and I are ready to meet him when he calls our name, this old mind and every struggle we have down here, yeah, we'll lay down here in the church. And over there, we'll step into a new body. Well, there'll be no sickness. There'll be no struggles. And all we got to do down here is just hold on just a little longer. Amen. I believe he's coming real soon. Amen. Don't you? Amen. And I'm here to tell you, even if he doesn't, and I live to be a hundred, the next 70 years ain't nothing compared to eternity. Come on, somebody. So I'm begging you this morning. If you need something from him, I feel his authority here this morning. I declare to you, if you'll just stand up, lift your hand, and say, Lord, I need you to come to me. I need you to bring me out. I need you to 
for listening. We would love to see you at a live service, Sundays, 1030 in the morning at 5245 Cornette Avenue in Beach Grove, Indiana. For more information, visit our website at renewchurchin.org and follow us on Instagram and Facebook. God bless.